The Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com presents Shakespeare Talks. Shakespeare Talks. Hello, and welcome to the PlayShakespeare.com podcast. I'm Chris Adams, the editor and London correspondent for PlayShakespeare.com. In this episode, I sit down with members of Swivel Theatre Company, a new company whose first production, Othello, was resoundingly impressive. We talk about what it's like setting up a theatre company in London, the challenges, goals, and strategy of putting on a Shakespearean show. You can find my review of Swivel's Othello in the reviews section of playshakespeare.com. Shakespeare Talks. I'm here with the members of the uh, recently formed Swivel Theatre Company. So would you all like to introduce yourselves? So I'm Deanne, I'm the director, the creative director and the director of Othello. Um, my name is Christina Turner and I'm the producer of Othello. My name is Lena and I'm the legal representative. I'm Miriam, I'm part of the marketing team. I'm Marta, I'm the other part of the marketing team, <laughs> um, and I'm Kate, and I'm not really sure what my role is. It changes every... There we go, I'm sponsorship officer, that's what it's called. Say it without getting sh- Sorry. She's <laughs> <laughs> not <like> sponsorship. <laughs> it's like a Dick Van Dyke accent, isn't it? <laughs> and Kate also is, has the very um, important role of bringing us cake. To mm. <laughs> <laughs> so every rehearsal. So Kate, just to job. clarify, Kate is sponsorship officer. <laughs> yeah, but I feed the creativity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, when did Swivel form as a company? When was it? Um, so Swivel, basi- yeah, it, it basically August twenty ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all said a different month. <laughs> August twenty ten. The idea came about in August we released the notice for the first play at the end of that month and then the ball got rolling the auditions got started in um, october november so it sounds like it was a really quick turnover time almost between when you decided to form a company and when you decided to be like we're going to put on a play yeah well having too much time to think is a bad idea (laughs) when you're you're putting on a play and also it was really spontaneous it was also kind of um necessary because we found this um venue in Barons Court, and um, and they were only had availability for um, three weeks in February because another another show had dropped out. So they had this, yeah, they had this. Uh, we had this opportunity, and we just snatched it up basically because we didn't want to lose it. And Barons Court is such a such a well-known um, fringe theatre venue, so. Okay. They would have they would have slotted us in later, but we wanted to get the play out earlier, and they just happened to have a space in February by chance so um, what was the the impetus to even start the the company you said it was kind of spontaneous what what drove this decision um i'm an actor and i was feeling a lack of good parts a lack of access to good work i was feeling the industry was very exclusive and cold and um i wanted to provide myself and other actors and other creative professionals with good work with um, create a company that's really open and so when I approached everyone, everyone was keen for a project for different reasons. Mm. And everyone's industries kind of assisted the formation of a theatre company. 
So we have people working in marketing, we have people working in law, we have people working and um, communicating with people all the time. So it was it just kind of all slotted together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking a bit beforehand about how you, you are the like uh, the thespian uh, in the group. Um. <laughs> everyone else has become one. I think everyone everyone knows more about Othello than I do now. Everyone everyone has. But I do think. <laughs> yeah, we can we can do quite a lot of the lines. Everyone learned so much about Othello. Everyone helped with the casting everyone's eyes were really important mm-hmm. with the casting so um, so what what's necessary then in the formation of a theater group um, as opposed to say or a, a theater company as opposed to say an acting uh, company um, I think one of the biggest things is that um, you've got to have a passion and you've got to have um, um, I just you know you've got to have this um, the end goal you want, want to see the same I'm sorry, I'm talking. <laughs> 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 You've got to have a passion, definitely. Yeah, You've yeah. got to be organised. I think, I mean, yeah, just definitely. Organization, company, yeah. Mm-hmm. Company. It's, it's this, yeah, it's this passion to put on actual plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel that your, your different um, skills and background um, helped to form the company? I think, like, um, well, maybe not with regard to forming it, but. But I don't know if I refer to the success of it, perhaps. But 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 I think what makes us like different from other theatre companies is that the fact that like we that that Diane is the only kind of artistic one really. She was totally solely involved in 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 the artistic side, while the rest of us were like, okay, right, let's market it, let's do the business yeah. side, let's yeah, sell yeah, these tickets, and let's publicise, you know. And so we communicated it, you know, all across London, whilst whilst Diane was was editing the scripts and blah blah blah. We were creating, you know, flyers and and calling up people, you know, saying who we were, saying, you know, let's try and form partnerships with different businesses and what have you, just so that we could get um, get recognition and, you know, so that people could, you know, start hearing about us and get interested. So, so I think that really helped um, because most, well, the majority of theatre companies, I think, um, maybe I'm generalising, but they yeah, are kind true, of, yeah. you know, they're all they're all involved within the stage and so they you know they con- they concentrate a lot as they should you know on the artistic side but but then they forget about the business side and, and perhaps you know they might check out a few flyers you know a week before mm. the production but of course we were a lot more organized than that kind of and thing. also although we have our assigned roles <coughs> as well everyone kind of um everyone helps out everywhere else like wherever they can so you're not you don't feel like you're just completely solidly responsible. I mean of course you're completely responsible for that but your your role kind of um, basically expands across like a, a whole variety of tasks and things that you can do and, and you're always constantly like yeah just uh, trying to uh, trying to get a lot of exposure for Swivel, communicating it with everybody around you and like so yeah it's you're always involved in every side of it not just kind of it's not limited. Whatever. Yeah whenever you need help you can ask for help, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the people at the end is one of the most important things. And the reason that for that we got so involved, all of us, and in a very natural way, was because we were feeling very comfortable and very excited. Mm-hmm. More than, obviously you have to have the passion <coughs> in theatre, but you also have to feel that your work is very appreciated and that, you know, you, you like to meet uh, and talk about Swivel and talk about mm, Shakespeare and you want to learn more because you feel comfortable in that environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sharing, yeah, like communicating and sharing your ideas and, and mm-hmm. thoughts on anything. You feel completely free. There's not, yeah, 
just because we're all friends and we all mostly together, it's mm. quite... I think that was another thing for success, <laughs> was that we're already a very close-knit group and we know each other really well, so um, although this was an incredibly ambitious and stressful <laughs> experience at times, I think the kind of the bond and the close-knitness of the group really helped um, with the success of it because we weren't killing each other by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a bit about the marketing strategy? Because I was really impressed that it, it did seem so well publicized and I think when I asked uh, for press tickets you mentioned, oh well we're almost sold out um, completely. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, we had a lot of interest <coughs> right from the beginning. But um, I'll hand over to Miriam and Martha <laughs> for the marketing. What, Miriam? What do you think? <laughs> what did we do? Um, the first thing we did, and I think it, well, it is important, is we put out two websites and we try to put a lot of content in them because it's like the window to all. Every time you Google something, you could find us. Actually, we, we got we got pretty good positions when you were looking for a place in London. So I think that was good. And also, if you hear about a play, maybe you will Google it later. So it, it really helped that we had those, those two websites. We had, on average, every month, like a thousand visits. Also, because we had a really good idea, thanks to the end, <coughs> that we put on the website the text for the auditions and we published the auditions there and we put all the information for the actors in there so every information you needed from us it was on the website and um, yeah i don't know what else <laughs> we created yeah, like we um we created flyers and we all got together and and kind of bashed out this very specific marketing strategy we only wanted to target relevant people um so we approached um, Shakespeare associations, drama schools, universities. We had the whole Barons Court following. We were very lucky, like Lena said previously, that we, we were um, able to perform at the Barons Court, which already had such a great following and was also very popular with Shakespeare plays. So we already knew that a lot of people who go to the Barons Court were interested in Shakespeare. Um, so we were very targeted in our marketing and I think that that really helped um, and I think it's proved by the fact that we had a sellout show a week before we opened and this was our first ever production so mm. we didn't we didn't mass market to the extent that we didn't sort of stand in Oxford Circus just handing out flyers because we realised that would be pointless but one really cool thing that happened <laughs> was that we had a poster displayed on a piano in Camden Stables Market and just because the guy was really nice and he was like, yeah, I'll put this poster up right in front of my shop. And he told us something like a million people passed through there or something. Like, <coughs> 25 to 50,000 a day or something. It was crazy the amount of people that passed to this poster just sitting. And it was a huge poster just sitting on the piano in front of the shop. Yeah. So we, um, we were receiving text messages from friends like, hey, I just saw the poster after the play. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't mass market. But if, so, if we were lucky enough to get mass, um, a, a sort of a spot that had mass appeal, then we snapped it up, but mm -hmm. definitely targeted, targeted. And also from some of the online magazines, because we were listed in, I don't know, like 15 online magazines or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So probably a lot of people found us also from there. Yeah. Ma Ma Marta had to assist in some of them a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sent you the same email <laughs> over and over. <laughs> I think it also helped that we started very early to promote, because we were told that it was pointless to start too soon 
uh, they were like, oh no, don't start until one month before it starts because people won't buy so in advance. But we started before, even though you couldn't buy the tickets. And the very same moment that the tickets were on sales, we received many calls to buy the tickets. I think yeah. that's important. I think before Christmas we sold uh, 300 tickets, so we were already a third of the way there because we did three weeks, a thousand seats over the three weeks. So, yeah, I suppose one of our biggest advice actually to other theatre companies out there <laughs> would be um, starting marketing as, as soon as possible because it doesn't hurt at all mm. and, and actually it, it helped so much and it, it relieved so much pressure knowing that we could break at Christmas knowing that we'd already sold a huge chunk and we didn't have such yeah. a daunting um, you know, process in front of us. We also knew January was going to be crazy like creative, um, creatively. Um, and the last thing we wanted is this like, oh God, okay, we've got this amazing play, but we've got no one here to see it. So yeah. that was, we, you know, we really wanted to make sure that we had a sellout. We also think um, the Facebook page was quite useful. Um, I don't know, I mean, because that obviously gives, gives you a lot of exposure, obviously not just in your your friends and their networks and things, but um, but yeah, once once people just start yeah liking a Facebook page and, and a group, or even if you just search Othello in the in the tab at the top, you know you can immediately see mm. our our Facebook group. Yeah, so and to see other companies of the same sector. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, share all the creativity that you know they are doing. So I think is is always Facebook and Twitter has been also. I go to yeah. I know and a lot of draw. my friends have just approached me just going like, so what's this other thing then that I just keep seeing on your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> go to the website. <laughs> I'm wondering if we can move into the, the show itself. And I'm, I'm particularly interested in um, why you chose the Shakespeare play as your first production. Because we're masochistic. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we hate life. <laughs> we want to we want to suffer. Um, we we chose a Shakespeare play predominantly because I always wanted to do Othello. So it wasn't because it was a Shakespeare play. It was because it was Othello. Mm. Each Shakespeare play is different, and just because you like one, it doesn't mean you're a mad Shakespeare fan. Othello for me is 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 my favourite play, above above all, including mm. modern plays as well. So I really wanted to do Othello. And that's why we chose it because I, I, when we formed Swivel, I said I would like to do Othello. Would you guys want? Would, would you guys be interested in helping? So it wasn't that we formed Swivel and then chose a play. Mm. It, it was the response yeah, to the play. It built around the play itself. And you see the problem then of choosing the next the next play <laughs> because <laughs> if you if you choose the play before you choose the company, mm -hmm. that company becomes very much about that play. And so what we now have to do is is expand our minds beyond the the sphere that was Othello. And it's quite difficult mm. because we know that we can do Othello, but we have no idea what else we can do. Mm. So it's a it's a really interesting period now, trying to decide what to do and how to do it. Mm -hmm. Something that you, you appeared to make kind of a, a, a splash about in, in, from what I take it, kind of the, the fringe casting circles, um, was your open casting call. <laughs> um, can you? <laughs> we all laugh weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk about uh, open casting as a, as a method of um, well, seeing lots and lots of people? It's the best way, but it's the hardest way. That's and the longest. Yeah. It's the, the hardest, hardest is the longest. But the most interesting and the most rewarding, I think, because we got, out of the 400 applicants that we had in 24 hours, um, we got, in, you know, in our opinion, 10 stellar cast. Mm -hmm. um, 
cast actors and actresses and um, I, I, you know, we highly believe that that process really aided that and we never would have had the production we had if we hadn't held the open auditions and without a doubt we would do it again. In fact, we will always do open Absolutely. auditions. So Absolutely. any actors and actresses out there, <laughs> this is the company to audition for. Yeah, definitely. I was frustrated as an actor applying for jobs in being told you're too short. I'm five foot three and being told you're too short because we want the character to be about five five. And there was nothing in the script that indicated the character had to be five foot five. And I found all these totally arbitrary ways to exclude people. And it was very frustrating because acting is something that obviously it takes training, it takes skill, but it's also something very natural, whether you're, whether you're attuned to that part, whether you can connect with that part. So how can we decide before we even see people who's worthy of auditioning for our play? Yeah, that, that, exactly. was, that would just be wrong. Yeah. So. And like Chrissy was saying, that um, yeah, the open casting process obviously gave us an incredibly stellar cast with like with um, a range of different kind of experience. Like some had done shapes before, before some others hadn't. Some had just graduated from drama school, and so it was just it was a joy to work with people at different levels in their mm. careers as well, and and, and to see them um, work together mm. as well. It was so I think yeah, you can only really really get that if you if you kind mm. of. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the the process itself. So it started out. We we uh, we sent out a um, an advertisement on castingcall.castingcallpro.com, um, and within twenty four hours, we'd had four hundred applications. Did, did you close the? And we closed yeah. it straight away because we panicked. <laughs> we opened our emails to read 171 emails and completely freaked out. I was on the phone to Gianna, like, another 71 are in! <laughs> what do I do? Um, so we closed it after 24 hours and then um, we put together a audition schedule over a Chrissy. week. Yeah, so um, I took a holiday before that though. <laughs> 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 Braced myself before the massive job. Mm. But we put them all into a rehearsal, uh, sorry, an audition schedule giving them only a 10 minute slot each. Um, and we had, we had a half an hour break in the day but then the 10 minutes were consecutive. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we would literally see 60 people in a day, just 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and then if we had time for a quick break, we'd take one, but often not, so. Obviously not all 400 people um, turned up to the audition mm -hmm. as we expected. So um, altogether, all in all, I'd say we saw about 200 people, we saw about half of them. And we originally thought that the whole audition process <laughs> would take about a week or two weeks, but it ended up taking the whole month of September. Mm. Um, so it was a much bigger project than we imagined. Mm -hmm. But because we'd never done this before, we were always going to be learning every step of the way. So, mm. um, But it was totally, like, as we said before, it was totally worth it. And the amazing people that we met throughout the process was great. And, and I really hope that they kind of enjoyed the experience I'm as well. still in touch with some of the auditionees that yeah. didn't get parts just because I liked them so much and I definitely want to work with them again just in different parts we whittled it down from 200 to 30 we then saw those 30 at a recall where they all had to act in front of each other which was really <laughs> hard yeah and then and we whittled that 30 from that 30 we took some of the parts but other parts including Iago we whittled down again to another 10 and then we had a third round to, to see those 10 and then from those 10 we pulled 
and that that third round was really just to test people against each other so to say does this person have the right chemistry with this person yeah. or whatever and I, I can't stress enough that every single one of us was involved in the casting process it wasn't yeah. me saying I like that person I don't it was the whole of us saying mm. how do we feel about that individual and it was very very often that all of us agreed yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right from the start this was yeah. always um, an exceptionally collaborative um, that's, that's what it sounds like that the words collaboration collaborative it wouldn't be possible to audition so many people just with two, two of us yeah. we needed to be every day yeah. <laughs> five or six there and after, after the first few auditions other people started hearing because every single auditionee every single auditionee got direction so every single auditionee came in with a speech prepared from Othello and another speech of their own choosing and every single person got direction even if we saw them in the first speech and thought they're not right for this play every single person got the chance to respond to direction because that makes the difference every single person deserves the opportunity to show how they can work with us that that was what made us really special I think I think the open auditions were nothing compared to the amount of direction that we gave but often the direction was quite repetitive because a lot of people showed the same problems. And so what happened naturally was other people started picking up that direction yeah. and giving it. So the legal, the legal representative would say, I think you should do it differently. Yeah. And that was totally fine because we, we all knew exactly what I was thinking. Mm -hmm after a few auditions so it became natural that everybody yeah. started directing yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it was because it was Deanne's vision obviously to begin with so so it was all about how how she wanted the characters to be so after watching her a few times you kind of gathered what she wanted Iago to represent and, mm. and how his character should be and, and what kind of feelings and emotions he should be putting across mm, exactly. and um, where yeah so um, and what acting traits were big no-nos for example yes. so that was the biggest thing. Yes, why, why don't you um, let any uh, future auditionees? We want we want people to come in and put put their own mark on the character. It's it's always we, we I, I tell you the thirty people that we we whittled down. I'd like to say that they were the best, but I have a strong feeling that they were actually the most memorable. Mm -hmm. Because when you're seeing such a wide number of people, what you want to do is come in and show something different, especially with a company like ours that's open. You want to show something different in terms of acting technique. Uh, the, the, the most important thing is getting the lines right because <laughs> that really puts us off because obviously that person's got to carry it for three weeks with Shakespeare text. Mm -hmm. So getting the lines right, and uh, yeah, some classic things. Yeah. Some classic things were uh, not overusing the hands, and we just wanted to see pure emotion. We weren't asking for much really, just perfection. <laughs> 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 but don't be afraid. <laughs> come, yeah, yeah. come. Although Diane said that obviously the most important thing is getting the lines right. We do obviously appreciate sometimes you're quite nervous, especially since mm -hmm. you're holding open auditions and mm -hmm. then you can get a huge variety of people. So mm -hmm. we were not afraid to give people another chance. Yeah, definitely. If we felt like they, were, mm -hmm. they had something to, to give, then we let them. Yeah, totally. All we would do is call them before the recall and say, listen, you kind of messed up the lines the first time. If you come at the recall with the lines straight, then you'll yeah. make us feel a lot better about possibly yeah. casting you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we were so open that we auditioned women for the part of Iago because we didn't, we didn't see a problem with why, that would, why, why, why a woman shouldn't be able to play Iago. Actually, that it is a problem because Iago is married to a woman called Amelia. <laughs> but we were just like, we'll rearrange that somehow. <laughs> it will either be a gay relationship, or you know, um, Amelia will be a man. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's let's just let's just blow the whole thing out. Those sisters will blow the whole thing out of the water. Um, yeah, so we were really open. We were open to all ideas and suggestions, and also being really friendly and nice. 
You know, we, we like we like we like smiles <laughs> and approachability and the feeling that you can work with someone easily. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. That's very important yeah. They have to be good actors but I think they it's is as important for them to be good and easy people. Yeah. <laughs> In fact with. the one piece of advice we got before the auditions, I kept hearing it was you can fix talent but you can't fix personality. So um, anyone, anyone who, who is considering going to an audition and being difficult, it doesn't matter how good you are, it's, 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 it's not going it's, it's to fly. <laughs> because, <laughs> because basically you're, you've got you've to live with these people essentially for four months. Mm-hmm. It's very intensive, yeah. Moving on to the run itself, how did it go? I, I saw it on uh, this press night and it was, it was very impressed with, with the show. Um, it got better. <laughs> yeah, last two weeks it got much better. Mm-hmm. It um, it was very very difficult in the first week because it's a play. Of, gosh, we got it down to 125 pages, but it, it's still it's a play of just constant action and lots of sub stories. Um, each character has their own beef. Each character has their own journey that's relevant. And so obviously you've got 10 actors who've been rehearsing this in bits and then the last week you put it all together, but that's just not enough time. It takes actually showing the thing to people before you start to really feel the journey that the character goes through. So as with all plays, I think, but particularly with this play, it started to fly in the, the mm-hmm. final two weeks. Um, what was going on kind of behind the scenes from, from the marketing perspective or producing while, while the show was, was up? Washing costumes. <laughs> yeah, we were still working very hard. <laughs> we thought we thought our holidays were gonna begin then. Setting programs. Yeah. 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 Maintenance of props, like you know, so many props would get lost or broken. So you know, you've got to quick, quick. You've got to you've got to pick up a coat hanger or <laughs> get a jacket or you need a badge. Yeah. Greasy was really busy with uh, agents and. But in in theory, once the show starts, the work is supposed to reduce. But actually, because we all couldn't let go, um, <laughs> I mean, we had we, we had two stage managers who were brilliant, who could have taken care of everything every night. But of course, one of us was there every single night, picking up the costumes, looking after it, checking the show was okay. We just couldn't let go. It was our baby, and we just we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't mm. let it grow up. No way. With the next show, we might have to, because we might go mad. Let's see. I guess, what's next for Swivel as a company? You're talking about the next show. And how, how is that process working? <laughs> well, we're just actually... Okay, so we're just in the process of um, beginning to think about the next project for um, Swivel. And um, we're going to do another Shakespeare. And the plan is, at the moment, to do Twelfth Night. It's a hopefully yeah. next year. <laughs> Ho- hopefully next year. The the main ambition really with Twelfth Night is we achieved what we wanted with Othello, but at the same time, and as much as we're so proud of what we've achieved and think it's brilliant, we also realised that we were held back by a lot of things when we were doing that play. We basically put something amazing together with nothing, and next time it would be great to start with something, mm-hmm. so that we we can, for example provide people with the correct remuneration for the work that they give, whether that be the actors, whether that be the production team. So right now we're focusing on funding. And um, anyone who's interested in donating to the next project 
is very welcome to contact Civil Theatre Company. Um, we have some really exciting creative ideas about Twelfth Night. Um, I can't give too many of them away because we have no idea whether they're achievable or not. We know that creative, in creative terms they're good, but in financial terms we're not sure if we're going to be able to do them. So if you want to hear more, put some money on the table <laughs> and we will happily details. tell you the details. But twelve, let's just put it this way, Twelfth Night is going to be very, very innovative. Whereas with Othello, we really did traditional with a twist. This time the twist is going to be much bigger. That's what yeah. that's what we're aiming for with Twelfth Night. Yeah, expect something big. Exactly. I think I think with like Othello, we had to kind of play it safe in a way because we had to, you know, realistically, it was our it was our debut production, you mm. know. So we were like, okay, we, you know, Diane had, you know, really ambitious ideas, but we were thinking, okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Let's just take it one step at a time. Yeah. But now, now that we know that we can do it and we've achieved so much success, we're like full throttle. Well, let's really go all out for for twelfth night, and you know we're going to keep going up and up and up with with the you know the creative ideas and innovation and stuff and yeah. twists and everything. Yeah, we do. It's it's very frustrating because obviously you're limited mm. by so many things. And that's what proves the passion, even against the limitations when you're still just pushing through. And why do you do it? I mean, all, all it is at the end of the day is a play. You know, it's just, <laughs> just a play. It's just the story on stage. But then you watch the audience, which I most often did when I was watching the play, and seeing people engaging, seeing people responding, seeing people laughing, and the best things when they cry. Seventeen-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> cry. Yeah, like seeing a school of, of like rowdy kids silenced by something really powerful. I mean, there's just no feeling that, that can beat that, and I think that's what we're aiming for again. We just want to tell stories even better each time. Well, thank you very much for the interview and for talking and. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We just love talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Swivel Theatre Company isn't just who's here today. We also have Pablo, who looks after our finances. We've got a lady called Sarah Holmes, who looks after events and communications. We've got a friend called Clarissa, who looks after international media. We've got a friend called Pilar, who helped us with costume and set design. On the actual show, we had quite an entourage of people. We had a makeup artist, a wonderful makeup artist called Nastasia. We were very lucky on our first show to get both a fight choreographer and a voice coach named Dominic Leader and Marcella Grandolfo, both of whom really helped make the play what it was. We Obviously, we can't talk about the show without talking about the lighting and sound design, and they were um, done by Jane Cahill and Matthew Vile. And actually, Matthew is Jen Shakespeare, who played Armenia's husband. So as you can see, we were pulling in absolutely anyone. <laughs> Relatives, <laughs> friends, family. If you had time, you were working. <laughs> that was the key. Shakespeare Talks. That ends the interview portion of the podcast. In a bit of sight news, check out our Houston, Texas-based correspondent, Cynthia Greenwood's review of James Shapiro's Contested Will, now out in paperback. Finally, if you're interested in reviewing for Play Shakespeare, and live in a city in which we don't already have a reviewer, get in touch with me by email at cadams at playshakespeare.com. We're looking to provide even better coverage of Shakespeare news and performance in cities throughout the U.S., U.K., and Canada. I'm Chris Adams. Thanks for tuning in to PlayShakespeare.com podcast. You've been listening to Shakespeare Talks, 
brought to you by the Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com. Shakespeare Talk.